Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely roleplayers, where theatrical people play roleplaying games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Roleplayers, we improvise stories to entertain ourselves, and you, the audience at home. And we use role-playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming. Because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This episode is part of our current main house production, Vigil Playtime. In this production, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. For now, though, please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a Merely Roleplayer's main house production. Playtime, Act 2 of 5. I'm Dave and I play Mick the Mundane. Mick is Sheridan's favourite builder, but his life has been getting weirder since he dug too deep and hit a ley line. I'm Vicky and I play Renko the Flake. Renko is a Doom agent on furlough who was assigned to Sheridan and is now convinced something significant is happening in town. Hi there, my name's Alexander Pankhurst and I play Graham the Summoned. Graham's just your average accountant who happens to be a demon and is destined to bring about the apocalypse. You know, just your regular, average stuff. I'm Ellie, and I play Percy Byron, the Exile, a Victorian monster hunter and half-sister to Ada Lovelace. Percy tried to time travel to 1666 to stop the summoning of an apocalyptic demon, but something went wrong, and she's landed here in the present day. Mick, it's Sandy. Do you mind just hopping in your van and heading over to the school and picking up Pippa? I got a very hurried call from Mr Longridge, uh, the safe, head of safeguarding, saying something's happened in Pippa's class. So Pip, can you, can you tell me what, what you saw? All, all I know is that one of your teachers has disappeared. Mr Spencer came in while we were playing a game and then he got ate by a shark. Mr. Spencer came in while we were playing a game and, and started shouting at us. And we, we all shouted at, at him as well because he wasn't playing the game. And then uh, uh, he got ate by a shark. Um, in the game? Yeah. Got hit in, in the game, he got ate by a shark. Yeah, and, and really. But there's no water in your classroom, Pep. But it, it, in the game, the carpet is the sea. Right. And what about your other teacher? What about Miss Wendy? She... she we, we all yelled 
get off, don't be on the carpet, and she jumped backwards and she nearly got out of the way, but she wasn't, it, it got her a bit, but it got him, uh, the whole, whole of him, pulled him down. Pulled him down in, into the carpet? Yeah. Right, well, Pip, that sounds real scary. Um, it was. I'm not surprised you're not feeling too chatty, but thanks for telling me. Um, we'll, we'll get you home and, um, and I'll, I'll drop you off with, um, with Mum, if that's all right. Yeah, please, please. Well, well done. You've been real brave, Pip. Thanks, Uncle Mick. So I drop, drop Pippa off and probably ring Graham in as well as the only person who we know who's free at the moment um, and tell him to come over to the library I'm as well. very excited because I'm not often asked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why have you brought this guy? Okay, fine. But yeah, I guess we will come and meet you guys in the library because that seems as good a place mm. as any to start getting some yeah. information. Well, sounds like to me, the first point of uh, action is to lay down some ward spells on the school and ensure, obviously, that no one goes in there for the foreseeable. Well, hang on. I think we need to go and do an investigation to make sure we know what we're dealing with. Well, we know we're dealing with something very dangerous. So, step one, shut down the surrounding area, put up ward spells. Then we start the investigation. Well, it's going to be difficult to do without arousing a lot of suspicion from the school and the parents. Well, can we not simply tell them it is so and they will have to accept it uh, that's not really how we do things in this uh, current era we well, tend to take a more circumspect and slightly more discreet approach to handling these kinds of situations my assumption is that none of the children nor their parents are of any particular standing in the local area so I see no problem with um, with a full shutdown I mean if there's nothing within their power to object in any real way. Had they sent just Pip's class home, Mick, or the whole uh, the whole school? The, they, they sent uh, Pip's class home first, but everyone else will be gone now, because, you know, yeah. we we'll just wait until after school. Okay, what I propose we do is we go to the school, we can both do a bit of investigation, and then once we've seen what the lay of the land is, you can lay those ward spells because there should be no one at the school anyway, but me and Mick and Graham can make sure it's clear before you do your thing. Very well. And has anyone thought to, in, uh, to inform our local inquisitor? A big one. The local inquisitor. Has anyone informed them? Uh, I, see, I see what's I see what's happened here. Um, I too come from a from a different place, so I understand how you feel in terms of like you're you're asking questions. It doesn't really make sense to you. Um, I'm obviously from the inferno, and we do things a little differently there. A bit more fire and brimstone. <laughs> Mick, why did you bring this guy in? <laughs> He's all we've got. There's only four of us. Okay, fine. Don't worry, okay. I brought my shotgun. Um, Jesus Christ. They didn't notice on the way into the library. I'm very happy about that. Anyway, yes. Yes, so, interesting. I have noticed there is a real lack of security measures at this uh, library location. Well, yeah, this is this is this is exactly the thing. I think I think I think it's different here. So you you, you may have to get used to these sort of things. But don't worry, I, I I will be there to help you and guide you in any way that I can. I appreciate and am also suspicious of your support. <laughs> and I, I I just would like it noted that that the old ways, strange as they may seem to all of you, are undoubtedly the best ways. I, I really feel that if you would just adapt slightly to these ways of operating, that our road forward would be much much smoother. I believe all the Inquisitors are dead, though. 
Yeah. Ah. I'm not even sure what you're talking about, so I'm pretty sure they're dead. Inquisitors were a bit before your time, yeah. but yes, we uh, we were aware of them. Quite fiery little, little buggers. <laughs> well, this is a great shame. Yeah, we, we really are it. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we should just, maybe we can all head over to the school. Yeah, you can all fit in my van, that's fine. I mean, I'm assuming the two of us go in the front and these two just rattle around to the back. We should get to go in your van. Yeah, yeah, sure, Graham, I know you like the van. If you want, you can you can hold on to the ladder on the roof. The the ladder on the roof? Yes, please, I'd, I'd very much like that, maybe. There's probably three seats in the cab, right? Yeah. Perfect. Just as well, I do not wish to be transported in the back of your wagon. <laughs> But the back's the best bit. There's so much stuff in there. I disagree. Okay. (laughs) The roads are still very slick. The rain has not let up. So, Graham, if you are going to cling onto the ladder (laughs) on top, you are going to get wet. This is so much fun. (laughs) I'm having the time of my life. This guy is so weird. (laughs) Can I just say for the record that uh, my straw boater is being stored in the cab of the vehicle because I don't want it getting wet. Oh, that's a good point. I might be using that as an opportunity to just inspect it because I'm like, there's something about this. He's there's carrying it around. There's nothing weird about that hat whatsoever. I know, but... It is mundane to the point of hilarity. No, I can't buy it. Renko's not buying it. <laughs> the van heads through Sheridan, taking Mick's preferred route this time on the non-cobbled roads. Still, though, uh, you do pass uh, on a couple of street corners uh, and in the middle of one mini roundabout, strange structures built of house bricks, uh, just in odd configurations. Are they street art? Are they something political? Is it, did someone just want to get rid of a bunch of bricks? Nobody's quite sure, but they just keep popping up around town. They'll all be nicknamed Brixie by uh, yeah. the <laughs> local press. Yep. Oh my God. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Genuine Brixies. <laughs> yeah. Can we also be listening to a cassette tape that Graham brought with him that's got a mega mix on it, <laughs> and it's mostly Highway to Hell. Yeah. <laughs> on repeat. Yeah. It just but, makes me feel at home. But yeah. like some kind of folksy version of it. Like something, like a banjo cover. Yeah, like a banjo, like a bluegrass cover of Highway to Hell. Oh, that seems like your vibe, yeah. Is there a sing-along in the cab? Or is the music on to stop you having to talk to each other? Yeah, maybe. There might be a sing-along, but it's coming from outside up in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whilst we're, whilst we're driving, do you guys want to use your phones to actually look up what we're getting into here? I feel like I don't have a phone. Yeah, she definitely doesn't have a phone. <laughs> what was that, mate? Yeah. It's hard because to get a phone, you have to have a credit card, and to have yeah. a credit card, you have to have a bank account for that. You, you need have to like, be a lots person of that exists. <laughs> so you two could be huddled and over one yeah. phone trying to Google what's going on. Yeah, yeah, if there's anything you think you could usefully Google about I definitely this. think I would look... I think Renko's first instinct would always be to just look up to see if there's ever anything like this has ever been reported before. Because mm-hmm. obviously it's quite a strange occurrence, so you could look up... There are a few things that you could probably look up to see if it's happened yeah. elsewhere, locally, cool. yeah, something so like that. Yeah, looking for similar occurrences. Yeah. Cool, roll plus sharp. This is investigating mystery, so that's yeah. the questions you're going Sharp for. is a plus two... That's it, seven, eight, nine. Okay, so that's one question, right? Yeah, I guess it's like, what sort of creature is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's what caused the thing to happen? Are you are you looking on regular Google, or is there like a, a department search engine? I wonder if there is something that allows me to, like a portal that can let yeah. me 
And maybe when I use the word portal, you're like, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Don't go in one of those. <laughs> yeah, because you're still a member of staff, so you still have logons. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's partly why I wanted to be furloughed, is so that I would still have access to some of this information. Yeah. God, you two have really been getting your research on over there. <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of cases here that it's not exactly the same, but it does sound similar. And they're all things that have happened in schools. So, yeah, maybe there's a, maybe there's a lead here. So I think what you can find out with this is, like, not an exact match, but you find other occurrences of children's mm-hmm. games turning dangerous. Yeah, that's what I've probably looked up, I think. Yeah. It's not, like, sharks in a classroom. Yeah. It's, I feel like I've already got an inkling that it was something done by the children yeah. that has that caused it, not that it was specifically... Because like, otherwise it would be a coincidence mm-hmm. that they were playing a game about a shark and then a shark happened. Yeah. Well, I've just got a couple of examples here where, um, you know, there's a there's a primary school class where some children end up, you know, burned after playing a game of The Floor is Lava. Um, there's one here where um, a child wasn't killed but was shot in the arm when some children were playing some kind of, like, war game in the, in the playground at, at lunchtime. But, like, the connecting thread is, like, children's games and, like, children's games that are based on, like, an imagination and a suspension of disbelief. Yeah, That, like, yeah. they have to imagine that the floor is the sea. Like, yeah. to imagine that the floor is lava and stuff like that. Yeah. But they're all pretty spaced out. They're not, um, they're not recent, they're not recent cases. Well, this reminds me of a case. Before my time, a whole village of children disappeared after playing... A game they referred to as the Pie Piper. Hmm. And there's always a chance that all of these things are connected. Persephone is a bit more keyed into uh, like older and more forgotten forms of mm-hmm. magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think like the idea of the collective imagination of a group of impressionable children coalescing together and making something real is pro- probably sounds a lot like some of the summoning rituals mm-hmm. that we've yeah. heard of. Uh, all this research is great, but have you two love nerds found a, uh, a way to hurt what we're doing? Love nerds? I don't understand. Yeah, neither do I. I. I only have information about it having happened and it being similar. I, there's nothing here about what exactly caused it. I don't think any of these cases were actually ever solved. Did the children in that case that you remember come back? No, certainly okay. not. Okay. That's probably why there wasn't a lot of information about it. If it was looked into, they weren't successful. Yeah, I think these things have been written, like, they've been written off as freak accidents by the public, and, uh, yeah, the Order hasn't got a lot of information about... It looks to me like none of these were ever solved. Uh, Percy, you said you knew how to to ward a room, is that right? Oh, yes, not just a room. I can do whole buildings, uh, large swathes of forest area, really whatever's required. I'm quietly impressed by this, but I'm not going to say it. I, I believe in this instance, um, a single room may be enough for the time being. However, if we are going to insist that the children are allowed back into the school, uh, then the whole building would be my recommendation. Do we think it's manifesting because of the place or because of the children? My feeling is that, going on the previous cases, it is the imagination of the children as a collective that is key. Yeah. But maybe something about the place that they're in that is causing it. It may be the place, it may simply be the environment that that place is facilitating. If they've all been encouraged to use their imaginations at the same time, that could create enough power to manifest whatever entity we're looking at here. But why does this class, why this class of kids? 
Why like, not all of them? Graham's head sort of bobs down <laughs> beside the side of the window. You're not fully under it's clear how he's managed to do that, but it does. Um, and it's, have you considered that it uh, may actually be some sort of focus within the room itself? Well, that's maybe what we can find out. Would we be looking for something in particular? Oh no. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's see. When we were nearly there, so let's see what let's see what we find when we get there. But I worry about instances where other where groups of children in the town are gathering together, whether they're at school or not. If we think it's something that's just to do with the children, do you allow children to gather in groups in places other than the educational institution? Uh, yeah, often, yes. Baffling. Yeah. Well, we're lucky it's raining, so yeah, yeah. A lot of that happens outside at the moment, so it should be okay for a bit. So you arrive at Sheridan Primary. Uh, you said you were going after hours, right? So that yeah. there would be no children? I mean, depending yeah. on how late it is, there would definitely still be teachers here. Yeah. Unless, unless everyone's been sent home. Yeah, but I think the um, safeguarding officer would still be dealing so with much stuff. Paperwork. He would be, yeah. he'd have a lot of work to be doing if something like this had happened. We just want to go in and take a look at the classroom first and foremost, mm-hmm. though. So probably we can just walk straight. I think we'd probably be able to walk straight into the school. It probably won't be locked. Yeah, yeah, I think you can probably, like, not going in the front, but because all the single-storey classrooms back onto the football field, mm. you can kind of pull round to the lane behind the football field and walk across the field instead of going through the school. Important question. Can we walk across the field in slow motion? <laughs> yes. <laughs> With in cool the rain. music in uh, the rain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that cool music a uh, bluegrass version of Highway to Hell? <laughs> no. I guess that's it. We yeah. did specify cool music. All right, sorry, sorry. Yeah. But no, that's my, my bad, my bad. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll bring my sledgehammer just in case. Cool. Yeah, yeah that will look cool like for the walking montage. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm fully tooled up with everything that I come with because I'm just like, I'm super keen. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my shotgun across my back. I've got my magnum. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Just itching for a fight before you even fully know what you're <laughs> yeah. up against. Yes, I love it. Mick knows which classroom uh, is mm-hmm. yeah. uh, the usual one that Pippa's class are in. Yeah. It's in one of the like temporary turned permanent buildings. Like two or three steps up to the building because it's sort of slightly raised on short stilts. Then it's just like any of the other classrooms in this place. It has wall-to-wall scratchy mauve carpet. Uh, it has uh, mismatched desks and plastic bucket chairs arranged in islands. It has a teacher's desk up the front. It has a whiteboard, not interactive. Uh, it has displays all around the walls. And as you step inside the classroom, the it's very obvious that there is a sizable bloodstain on the carpet. Oof, oof. Just inside the entrance to the room. On seeing that and on seeing the arrangement of tables and stuff, would I be able to use some sort of demonic magic Mm -hmm. to sense magic within the room or sense any Mm -hmm. sort of... Like sort of underlying sort of patterns, like if the tables are arranged in a specific way to sort of illuminate anything? This is the first time anybody's used magic in this series. Mm -hmm. What does it look like when Graham does magic? He lights up. He's still got his cigarette on the go. Sometimes he puts it behind his ear. Sometimes it's just disappeared and then it comes back. It's like sort of sleight of hand magic. And he just takes a really long, like an obscenely long drag. The thing doesn't actually go down, but it takes a really long drag of the, the cigarette. And he just blows the smoke out into the classroom. And the smoke starts to fill the space and 
forms, shapes, and people start to come out of the smoke. Some sort of like sort of foggy characters. That is a nine plus one, which is a ten. Ooh, tidy. So on a ten plus, the magic works without issues. Yep. Choose your effect. Nice work, right? right. So I get to observe another time and place. Does everybody see this? Uh, yeah, they can do. It's not just it's not just Ooh, specific to me. Yeah. yeah. So sort of standing, hanging back in the entrance of the classroom, you see this scene, this ghostly, smoky scene take shape. You see the smaller shapes of smoky children mm-hmm. sitting and standing on desks and chairs, mm-hmm. moving in energetically about, and through the four of you, through your group, blows a smoky. Uh, adult figure uh, in fact two one tall quite well built uh, and one uh, shorter moving in a more sort of nervous manner and clearly like clutching a load of ring binders and this sort of all plays out in eerie silence and as the two adult figures move through your group into the room and the larger one takes a position over the blood stain you see all of the smoke children immediately react in their direction, like holding out hands, like stopping hands. And though it's eerily silent, the smoke swirls in a way that suggests that they are like screaming something with, uh, with great energy. And then you notice the fin, a smoky shark fin that emerges out of the carpet and moves with incredible speed towards the ghostly smoky figure of who you assume is Mr. Spencer and a second fin that heads for the figure behind him. The figure behind him almost just launches itself backwards out of the room but not before one of the fins arrives in their vicinity and the entire front half of a shark, a a smoke shark, appears through the carpet and takes off her left leg below the knee. And that figure swirls into... just flies apart as it leaves the room. And the first fin, again, a great sharky snout pops up out of the carpet and sort of turns sideways. The jaws snag on him, seize on him, and the whole the smoke shark and smoke man both plunge and disappear back into the carpet. Of all the figures that your cigarette smoke has created, one in particular, one of the children, is more defined. Like, more of the smoke has swirled in to make this figure. They are sort of hanging at the back of the classroom, standing on a chair, and seem to be like shouting the loudest at the two te- at the two ghostly mm-hmm. teachers to get out mm-hmm. or to get off the carpet. Mick, you recognise because this this figure has more definition that this is Pippa. Does anybody recognise that child? <laughs> um, well, that's that's Pippa's seat. That's where that's where she was uh, sitting when I when I came to pick her up. I whip out a notebook and Pippa is your niece. Yes. 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 We've been over this. No, no, I'm just double double checking. It's the same same Pippa. Brilliant. (laughs) Fantastic news. Not from Craig. From um, from Sandy. Sandy. From Sandy. I mean, there's nothing else in the room that we can see that 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 looks like it's 
your, your magic seems to be telling us Pippa's, Pippa's where we need to go next. I mean, it generally congregates and solidifies over the source of of the the, the incident. So yes, I, I, I presume in, in this instance we, we head to Pippa. Although I, I will say it doesn't necessarily mean that Pippa is at fault. Well, Percy, do you know how to get whatever's in Pippa out? Well, I think it's a bit of a leap to say there's something in her. My feelings are we need to continue to lay down the wards here and then go and speak to your niece. And there are some magical interventions we can make if necessary, but it may not be what the magic is trying to tell us. It may simply be that the magic is indicating she is the next person to visit on this matter. She may not be involved at all. I would not jump to conclusions so readily. Okay, so shall we? Let's go and see her, and see if we can get more more information on the way. Perfect. Do you want to ward this room, or do you want to ward where she is? Well, let's do both, shall we? (laughs) This is Percy trying to be uh, comforting (laughs) 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 because uh, she assumes that Mick is now concerned about Pippa. (laughs) That he might think she's a witch. (laughs) Yes, and burn her. What does warding uh, location look like for, uh, uh, in, in Percy's book? Percy rolls up a sleeve to reveal many, many scars on her arms, all in neat patterns, and some are runes, and some don't make... Well, most of them don't make any sense to everybody else. And she goes straight to the rune she needs, traces her fingers along the bumpy skin, closes her eyes, and... The room goes strangely silent and the air sort of hums uh, and goes slightly wibbly like when there's hot air above a hot car. Roll plus weird. Okay. And I think, don't you have an extra thing? You have extra effects when you use magic, right? Because you you, you know forgotten magics. I do. From the before times. Ancient magics is one of my moves. Um, I learned magic when less lore had been lost. When I use magic on a seven to nine result, I don't choose a glitch. I just take a minus one forward, meaning... On your next roll. On my next roll, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Should I use the cursed tower? <laughs> I mean, why not? Use the cursed dice rolling tower. The cursed tower. Oh, it's so cursed. Uh, that's a seven. And I'm rolling with weird, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is... Plus two. Amazing. Oh, that could have been worse. So that's nine. Cool. So you get the effect and you get minus one on your next roll. Yeah. When Percy does magic, if it doesn't go quite to plan... She doesn't get glitches, it doesn't go out of control, she's just slightly worse at the next thing that she mm-hmm, tries to do. Mm-hmm. Why is that, do you think? Is it that the magic like takes something out of you or yeah. does something to your luck? What's it? What is I've it? imagined it's a sort of depletion of energy issue. So it's like going for a long run, then being asked to do a bunch of maths. Yeah. yeah. So the effect was bar a place to a certain type of monster or minion, correct? Yes. Cool, so you're barring this classroom yeah. to the shark apparitions that you have seen Mm -hmm. she sighs opens her eyes and everything's settled again as the spell completes you're all surprised by the sound of an electrical short like an electrical pop and Mm. ping from the bell over the classroom door oh dear the magic seems to have shorted out the bell okay But presumably that's never happened to me before. It's not happened before. And you know that the spell worked and did exactly what you wanted Mm -hmm. it to do. So it's interesting 
that it also did that. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a function of the spell going wrong. Mm. It was a spe- function of the spell going right. Mm. Okay. Maybe all the bells are somewhat connected. I don't understand what you mean. Well, there's a bell in every classroom to denote the, the end of a lesson. Is, is that uh, correct? Oh, right, yes. Um, and if it's shorted one, and you're trying to ward off any evil in this classroom, maybe that's the route in for the, for the evil. For the evil? Evil coming in through bells? Maybe? Um, it's a guess. Yes, well, we'll just have to think about that, won't we? Why doesn't Mick just take a look quickly? See if it all looks... Sure, yeah, maybe it's a huge coincidence. See if the electrics look all right. Yeah. Use your man skills. Well, I haven't got my ladder, so can you throw me one of those chairs? Sure. I'll stand on the chair and have a little look at the bell. I don't know why we're asking Mick to do this. I'm perfectly capable of examining it myself. No, but he just understands electricity, and it's unlikely that you do. Uh, I built a time machine. <laughs> there was a lot of electricity. Was I mean, there? I Ooh. mean modern electricity. I think in the meantime, I am carrying out what I would consider to be, like, procedural... Yeah. ...investigations of the room. Cool. Just to see if there's anything else to be gleaned, because I should be collecting yeah, evidence. Yeah, looking at the blood yeah. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, Mick, mm-hmm. you examine the bell... Yeah. Um, ...standing on a chair. Uh, it's definitely shorted out. It's, like, it's not just fused. Like, a circuit in this bell has just blown. It doesn't seem to have... Uh, like, it hasn't spread down the wires to other bells or anything, as far as you can see. And you don't notice anything weird about the bell. It just seems to be a normal school bell that would signal the start of lessons or the start of playtime or the end of school. Yeah, well, what you've got up here is just your standard school <laughs> bell. I'm just going to give it a knock with my hand here. Ding. Yeah, yeah, I can see the problem here. Is, uh, <laughs> the is, uh, only thing broken. That, <laughs> the only thing that might be weird about it is that probably Percy's spell might have left some sort of... I don't know, like a geometric scorch pattern Mm -hmm. or like a scorch Mm. in the shape of the runes that she used or something like that. Well, this is very curious. It could be a number of things. It could be that using old magic in the modern world has caused some kind of disruption. It could be that me specifically using my magic in a place where I am not supposed to be in the timeline is causing the problem. Or it could be that something happened to me when I time-travelled which has caused my magic to leave traces behind. I will have to... Conduct some experiments mm. on this. Uh, Renko, can you roll plus sharp for investigating this room? Yep, let's see how this is going to go. Oh, Snake Just taking that experience. <laughs> I am not very good at my job. Okay, that's a four. What are you all doing here? You uh, look up from examining the carpet... Uh, and see Harold Longridge standing in the God classroom door, no. holding a big torch and a bunch of keys. Uh, Mick, are they uh, with you? Just uh, fixing this bell. I don't know if you've seen. It's not. Uh, it's not ringing at the moment. I've been called in to fix this bell, and these are my uh, apprentices. <laughs> <laughs> An old man, <laughs> or not, or not, <laughs> a Victorian woman, <laughs> and a lady in a suit. Perfect. Yeah. It, what is Percy wearing these days? I was wondering about that because I, I think probably I would have been pretty excited about the idea of being able to wear trousers mm. yeah. without someone you, saying. Something. You could have had my spare overalls that I talked about. <laughs> I no. feel like in weeks the later weeks. I would. Have. <laughs> Found another solution. It could be kind of like um, bits of your original outfit mm. for comfort, but with like a modern jacket yeah. over the top or something yeah. like that to hide stuff. You might be wearing like the top half, and then the like you could have some like 
sort of tweedy style trousers that would feel yeah i think i've got tweedy style trousers that's perfect like some nice like fitted one with with big pockets yeah but that i've kept the sort of almost like waistcoat bodice part of my dress and i've got a white shirt underneath that that makes sense yeah so yeah, he wouldn't look at you and immediately think this person is cosplaying as a Victorian yeah, no, lady. No. <laughs> Get some goggles on you. You're skin <laughs> yeah. Mick, can you roll plus charm, please? Mm-hmm. I believe you are. You're offering him a lie in order yes. to like not ask questions. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Mm. And I'll do it, but only if I do something for them. Or if he's like, oh, great, whilst you're here fixing the bell, can you also go and do this yeah. job? I like that, actually. Yeah, that is not bad. Yeah. Oh. Get rid of that carpet <laughs> with the blood stain. Because <laughs> we do rather need Mick for interviewing Pippa as well, mm. really. So it would go and do up. that yeah. without him. Yeah. Oh, well, um, if, if you've been called out anyway, I don't, if you've got more time on the clock uh, now, that you've, now that you've looked at the bell, there's actually... There's some stuff in the canteen. Uh, one of the cookers is on the blink, uh, if you don't mind taking a look. I know bricks are more your thing than the electrics, but you've dealt with the bell pretty well, so... I mean, you say that. It's uh, it's not fixed yet, but yeah, sure, I'll go take a look, and no problem at all. Um, you get back to your work. I know you've got a busy, a busy night with all that paperwork after today. Excellent. And if you could just sign yourself and uh, all of your companions out at reception when you leave. Yep, of course. Yep, I mean, but... we obviously already signed in when we came in, because I know the school's procedures. <laughs> um, I'll, uh, we'll be sure to do that. All right, well, I'll leave you to it. there lovies it's me matt your compere just doing a bit of light mingling in the interval reminding you to take this chance to stretch those legs and unclench those teeth please i hope you're all liking vigil so far this is going to be our main house show for the foreseeable so until we fall out of love with it or run out of good stories to tell in this setting But that doesn't mean merely roleplayers is going to be all Vigil all the time, oh no. This first Vigil production takes us up to the end of this hell year called 2020, and then we'll kick off the next hell year by closing the main house for rehearsals and opening up our studio for a change of both scenery and pace. Our first studio production will see us through January, and then we'll reopen the main house for more Vigil in February. I especially hope you're enjoying the soundscaping and sound effects in these episodes, which is a merely roleplayer's first, made possible by the multi-talented Natalie Winter. It gives us a whole new way to create an atmosphere for you, the audience, and I think this very rainy first production is just the perfect way to start. Natalie also runs the multiple Audioverse Award-nominated Ragged Scratch podcast, a new writing showcase podcast for work-in-progress audio drama, which returns for its third season on November the 19th. Check that out at raggedfoils.co.uk for 12 brand new short audio dramas, plus interviews with the creators. What else is new? I now do a monthly email newsletter you might be interested in. It's a me newsletter rather than a merely role-players newsletter, 
but this is a lot of what I do at the moment, so there's pretty much always some backstage Merely Role Players stuff in it, along with updates on other game things and theatre things I'm working on. The next one goes out this Friday the 13th, unlucky for some, so make sure you're one of the lucky ones by signing up at foggyoutline.com. Finally, before I go call beginners for the next scene, Sheridan Town Council simply insists that I read this brief message. Sheridan is twinned with Whispering Pines, the not-so-ordinary summer camp for those hazy days and chilled summer nights. Campers laughing, fireflies glowing, campfires crackling long into the night, and a gaunt, cruel monstrosity forever hiding just out of sight, always asking, What do you do next? You can find out more about Whispering Pines and meet some of its eccentric camp counsellors in the upcoming Sleepaway one-shot on What Am I Rolling? a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. Available on the What Am I Rolling website and wherever you find podcasts. Thank you. Now, please take your seats once again in the main house as we raise the curtain on Vigil Playtime, Act 2 of 5. Um, can I quickly chase after him and yes. just ask him a couple of questions? Yeah, 100%. So do you want to roll Investigate Mystery and we can yeah. play it out? Once oh, we know how go again. Please no more snake eyes. <laughs> Six, seven, eight. Cool, so hold one. Uh, um, yeah, uh, yes, sorry, I've got a lot of paperwork to do. What can I do for you? So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, uh, with an organisation that um, uh, just helps in situations where slightly unusual things have occurred and obviously a disappearance of a teacher is, is, is pretty as, unusual. Uh, as well as being a, an apprentice bricky. Um, I think he was making a bit of a joke there. The other two are apprentices, um, but, yeah, I'm a, a friend of Mick's, have been for a long time, and he, he mentioned what had happened today and um, some of the things that Pippa said didn't really make a lot of sense, so he called me me and thought that maybe I would like to just come along and see if I could speak yes. to one of the teachers and, and seeing as you were handling it I thought um, you know maybe you would be able to uh, just answer a couple of quick questions uh, per, per, uh, yes perhaps uh, yes um, I, I've already I've talked to the police but yes um, any friend of Mick's of course uh, of course the, all the children um, I've been trying I, I tried a bit before they all got picked up to get to the bottom of things but they mm. all seem to have that they they whatever it was it was obviously very bloody um and they they were traumatized by it in some way and they seem to have constructed some shared fantasy about about what happened so i i haven't got to the bottom of it yet but but yes what what would what did you want to ask well i was wondering um if any of the students have been acting straight were acting strangely in the lead up or acting out of the ordinary in hmm. you know had you noticed or the classroom teacher perhaps noticed any um unusual behavior from any of them um, I mean, all of the children have been very, have been quite restless and boisterous this week. They've been cooped up in the classrooms mm. for, frankly, too long. And they're, they're, they're all desperate to go out and play in puddles and things and waiting for the rain to lift. So they, they've simply been, they've been going through 
they they've practically exhausted uh, all the usual uh, wet play sorts mm-hmm. of games, uh, and they're having to resort back to the sorts of things that uh, that your, yours or my parents' generation might <laughs> might have played. I wouldn't say any of them have been acting strange exactly, but certainly in each classroom, sort of ringleaders have been emerging as the 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 children who set what game to play. That sort mm. of thing. Has uh, uh, Pippa in the classroom that was disrupted earlier been one of those children? Yes, she she's normally a very quiet child. Yes, I I, I know her a little bit, and that's my understanding she, too. She seems to have opened up a little bit after being cooped up with her class uh, in close quarters for for a couple of weeks. And yes, I have noticed... uh, I don't teach her class Mm. personally, but uh, yes, the the other children seem to be turning to her for what game should we play next, Pippa, that sort of thing. Mm. I think he's probably telling me the truth, but I'm going to use my suspicious mind skill anyway. For the audience, suspicious mind means that you have to tell me if he's lying to me. I do, yes. Yeah, yeah. Renko always knows. I always know if her. someone is lying to me. Yeah, he's on yeah. the level with you. Yeah. Oh, that's that's um that's very helpful. Um, I mean, obviously, it sounds like nothing really that out of the ordinary, given uh, the fact that the kids have been, you know, as you say, so cooped up. But uh, good to know. Well, I'll, I'll let you go and go about your work, and uh, um, we'll get we'll get out of the out of the school and sign out on our way. Thank you. And um, uh, if you, you're organization uncovers anything please i i would I, I want to know absolutely we'll we'll we will be in touch i might give you my card if anything else occurs to you just uh you know don't hesitate to call what does it list your job title as probably something like special investigator or oh, something yeah, nice. like that yeah <laughs> mr longridge walks off into the rain uh towards the main school building renko what do you do i'm going to go back into the classroom percy's still pacing muttering theories about why the bell's broken. Oh, cool, I fixed the bell. <laughs> You're f- have you fixed it? <laughs> well, it's not broken-broken, is it? it I, I had a go at it. <laughs> you had a go at it? <laughs> you seem to have diagnosed the problem. I'm not aware that you've actually come to any sort of conclusion about oh, how no. we might reach a solution. Yeah, Yeah, that, that's the problem there. Yeah. So, Percy, is your working theory that there's something up with your magical abilities? I, I really don't think that that can possibly be the situation here. I think it's far more likely that we need to examine the way in which um, the magic worked its way into the narrative of the event we find ourselves in. Uh, usually there is a reason for for magic having a specific impact. So what would the destruction of the bell mean in the narrative of this event? The children imagining a shark attack. Why would the bell be the resulting break? What? what where's the logic there? They're the, they're the dots we need to connect. Playtime. Playtime. The bell signifies playtime. Ah. When the children go out to play, and that is when the game occurs. Perfect. So maybe there's a connection between the sound of the bell and the magic occurring at a time at which the, the children are doing this imaginative play. Taking it one step further, the bell is in fact the natural enemy of this shark creature. Interesting. End of play means end of shark. Mm, yes, interesting. And boys in the sea, they ring and they make noise and then the sharks know there's land there, so it's perfect. I like that you're getting involved. Yeah, it's a good tangent. I believe that the magic has performed its most basic function, which is to banish the shark creature... And it has done that by destroying the 
object that creates a time frame in which the shark can exist. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So are you, are you saying that if the, the magic was larger, it would, have, um, it would have destroyed all the bells in the school? Well, this particular magic was only designed to protect this room. So I suppose in theory, if we were trying to protect the entire school, maybe yes. But that does depend on whether the magic is being generated by the location or by a child. Interesting. I've just spoken to Mr Longridge outside and he says that Pippa has been behaving differently lately in terms of um, guiding more of what the children end up playing at, at break time. And I think given Graham's that smoke spell pointed us in Pippa's direction as well, that we, we ought to make our next stop her. It did solidify around her. Yeah. Which would suggest she is the, uh, the sort of centre yeah. of this. Yeah. Excellent. Where does this child reside? Yes, where, where does this child reside? <laughs> Um, oh, you know, in the part of town that's got the wiggly roads in it that are all cobbledy downs. The uh, <laughs> old market lanes. <laughs> Nick, so familiar with this town that he grew up in. <laughs> and works in every day. And also the concept of addresses. Yeah. <laughs> she lives at one old market lane. <laughs> I can't go because Mr. Longridge wants me to fix the ovens in the uh, cafeteria place here, so... Like ovens, ovens, you say? Oh, oh, boy. Don't let him anywhere near the ovens. I might be able to uh, <laughs> speed that process up. I, is it going to be a challenge for us to talk to Pippa without you there, Mick? Um, I mean, you could try talking to Sandy first and see if she will let you talk to her. She's quite a reasonable woman. She's met you, so... Yeah, okay. Just don't want to go in too heavy-handed and... Well, yeah. Talking to children, I fear, is not my forte. Um, <laughs> uh, nor mine. However, I <laughs> nor am... mine. I am very well-versed in engineering, and I believe from a quick look at that mm. bell that actually this electricity is not that complicated. I feel confident I could carry out the repairs needed whilst you take yourselves to talk to this child. Okay, so we could leave you here as my apprentice. I, I am your apprentice, yes. Mr Longridge does still think you're both his apprentice, so... Yes, and whilst Perfect. I object to that on so many <laughs> levels, I am willing to maintain that charade in order to complete this uh, task. But it would mean that we were learning so much from Mick and everything that he has to, to offer us. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sure. <laughs> I don't think we should bring Graham with us to see your niece. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but, no. but maybe he can stay here and assist Percy in some of the... Uh, the fixing. Fixing. As well, much as I would love to meet your niece, obviously. You yeah. could go and... I'm just going to ignore that, Graham. You're like, <laughs> strange, strange man. Um, I'm going to... Well, well, you could go and have a look at the other bells as well. Or you could go and test the other classrooms. Or I just have a little snoop around whilst you're here. Ooh. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, we'll go... We'll drive off and go and talk to Pip. Please leave me your tools. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want to come back to the van and get some tools? <laughs> you don't just have to try and fix another one with nothing. Yes. <laughs> just with a sledgehammer, which is the only tool you brought with you. Yeah. <laughs> what shall we do first? Shall we do Percy and Graham at the school first? Or shall we do uh, Mick and Renko going to interview Pippa? I feel like Mick and Renko going to interview Pippa might develop the story a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Leave that. Let's do this oven fixing first. To get that <laughs> what are you saying? I think this is what are you saying about interlude. the ovens? <laughs> this is valuable comedy interlude. So I will say, I don't, I don't think we need to do the two of you fixing the oven as a scene. No. <laughs> 
why we might want to focus on uh, Graham and Percy at the school is if you want to do anything else while you're here. Uh, so do you just want to just do the handyman work that you've been given? Or is there other investigation or stuff that you would like to do at the school? As so well. we're definitely fixing the oven. The ovens will be fixed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're going right, to be so okay. fixed. I feel like I would fix them and then you would do something to them that means that they're always on. <laughs> <laughs> like, they'll never break. <laughs> I'm, I'm from the Inferno. Yes. Like, yeah. I like a bit of fire. Yeah, ovens are your... Sweet forte. I was going to say, they're your subject matter expertise. <laughs> they'll work, but they'll just be a lot more smoky. Hey, maybe they'll be more efficient. Maybe we've got maybe. some very good sort of ovens in hell. But yeah, no, I can understand that fixing an oven isn't probably the most dramatic of, <laughs> of scenarios. You don't want to try and, like, see if you can summon them or something like that? What, the shark? Yeah. Sounds pretty dangerous. <laughs> Sounds like it could be fun. Sounds like it would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's try it. Yeah. Um, so let's go into uh, a classroom. So I, fi- I fixed the bell. Mm-hmm. So let's now try ringing the bell. Mm-hmm. And then we have to play a game. Mm-hmm. And use our imagination and see if we can summon the shark or indeed any other kind of imagination-based entity. Right. Based on the old cases we've heard about, children being burned by lava, mm-hmm. playing a game called The Floor is Lava. What do you think? I, I, th- I think that... I, yes, why not? Sure, certainly, yes. Let's, let's try it. I'm, I'm game for anything. Excellent. Well, I believe we have our conditions are met for this experiment. We are Perfect. in a classroom where this has happened before. Yes. The bell is now working. Yes. Percy has the expertise necessary to sort of like touch some wires together within the bell to make it work without having to be in wherever the bell is controlled from. Good. Because <laughs> that would be annoying. It would. <laughs> I mean, you want to ring this bell, not all of them. Yeah, that would cause some attention to everything. <laughs> what game would you like to play? Oh, well, as a girl, I played a lot of hopscotch. Um, also the game hopscotch. with the, uh, the hoop and the stick. That's a great one. Right. Um, I, f- I feel an awful lot of these games are imagination-based. Yes. yes so we shall be... we imagine something? Excellent. What should we imagine? Something something dangerous. Um... I can imagine a few things that are quite dangerous. <laughs> For example? Uh, a demon? I f- uh, <laughs> little as I know about the wants of children, I feel that that's not the first scary place they will go to. Right. Um, a lack of chocolate. I don't understand. Would they f- be fearful of that? I've heard chocolate or sustenance pouches are, <laughs> are something. Sustenance pouches. I believe, it doesn't I appeal believe, to me. I believe small children bring sustenance pouches to to school. Is that correct? Lunchbox. Yes. Mm. Mm, oh, and I'll, I'll note that word down. Lunchbox. <laughs> All that we've achieved so far is I'm really quite peckish now. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, um, so it was a shark. So maybe a large animal like a lion. Lion. Yes. What's the game? Uh, run away from the lion. I see. Sorry, all, all of all of my games do unfortunately involve demons, and you've kind of I don't I don't, don't want to say so you've poo-pooed it, but you have kind of poo-pooed the whole demon thing. So what what games of imagination have you played in your life? What's the time, Mr. Wolf? Ooh! Yes, a wolf. And yes. he knows the time. Yes. That is the premise. Right. And we must take footsteps towards him based on the time he tells it is, is, that it is. Oh. So let's imagine the wolf. Normally it would be pay- played by another person, but we'll imagine the wolf. 
Okay. And imagine the numbers the wolf is giving us. Right. So we say together, what's the time, Mr. Wolf? Okay. Oh, the bell needs to go. The bell needs right, to yeah. go. So where are the two of you positioned? Uh, presumably, if you're activating the bell, Percy, you need to be like standing on a chair mm. or a table touching the contacts of the bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham, where do you want to be when the bell goes off? I, I would like to be in the middle of the room. Uh, I don't know the, the, the rules of this game at yeah. all, so I'm just going to be in the largest space possible yeah. in the hopes that that's where I'm meant yeah, to be. Yeah, I'm going to usher you away pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I figured that would happen. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I'm standing on the chair. I'm going to touch the contact wires together. You ready? Yes. Playtime starts now. And immediately, shark fins appear <laughs> through the carpet, circling Graham. We didn't... We, have you been, have you changed the rules of the game? <laughs> we were speaking about wolves, and wolves, last time I checked, were not aquatic. <laughs> I agree! Vigil, a main house production from Merely Role Players. It stars Dave as Mick, Vicky as Renko, Ellie Pitkin as Persephone Byron, and Alex Pankhurst as Graham. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alex Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing this episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. <laughs>